I founded Excellent Living to encourage this generation to do all of life God's way because it's the best way. And I believe that God allowed me to have some success in secular media to say, this is the way, walk in it. The voice of Cheryl Martin opening this week's edition of First Person. Welcome, everyone. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today, we'll meet this inspirational speaker and communicator who has a ministry called Excellent Living. I'm glad you've tuned in today for First Person. We're here each week at this time, introducing you to people who tell us their story. Some of the names you'll recognize and some you won't, but you'll always hear how God has directed their steps. We have a companion website which can be of great help to you in providing additional information to what you hear in the program. It's firstpersoninterview.com. When you go online, you'll be able to follow the links to today's guest, firstpersoninterview.com. While growing up in the inner city of Houston, Cheryl Martin's godly mother told her about a big God who was concerned about everything that mattered to her. And in childlike faith, she believed her mother's words and accepted Jesus Christ as her personal Savior about the age of 10. And that event has shaped her life and her pursuits. I spoke with Cheryl recently and asked her to share more of her life story. I had the wonderful privilege of having two godly parents who really modeled for us authentic Christianity. I grew up in the inner city of Houston in an area called Fifth Ward. My father was a barber. My mother had a beauty shop in the back of the house. My father was also in ministry. And they had eight children, seven sons, one daughter. I'm the seventh, so I love to say I'm so glad she kept trying until, or they kept trying, (laughs) until they got the girl. So clearly working-class parents who had just a strong faith in God. My mother grew up in a... Uh, committed Christian home as well in rural East Texas, and her grandparents were also Christian, so I am very thankful for that legacy. So I remember at a very young age just my mother and father influencing me, but especially my mother just to believe God, reading me the Bible stories, just having morning devotions every morning, as I love to say, especially when when my father was pastoring. We had devotions six mornings a week, and on Sundays we had Sunday school and devotions before we went to Sunday school. (laughs) (laughs) So clearly uh, immersed in the Word of God, and I absolutely have no regrets about that because that legacy and that love for God has been what has sustained me all of my life. And just at such a young age, you know, children believe everything your parents tell you. And so when my parents told me, especially my mother, that I could talk to God about anything, I remember, Wayne, talking to God about everything for as young as I can remember and even as I walked to elementary school, passing my father's barber shop, but just having this awareness of God and that he loved me. And then I remember one Tuesday night when a child evangelist came to our church and did a presentation of the gospel using the felt board, you mm-hmm. know, with the little figures. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's an old technology that still works, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yes. She explained salvation, and 
And I remember praying the prayer to invite Christ to come into my life, and I knew that my life had changed. Mm. Wow. Your mom and dad must have been very excited. Yes. And you know what's interesting? I would have accepted Christ earlier, but no one had invited me to. I think that's the interesting thing. I knew about God, and I remember my mother reading the Bible stories to me. But this was the first time that an invitation was given to me as a child to accept Christ. Hmm. All right, I got to take you back to what you first said. You're the only girl in that family, the only yes. daughter? Seven brothers. Yes. And and what's that relationship like today? Oh, we are definitely a family that checks on each other, that support each other, that love each other. As a matter of fact, I have about five brothers in ministry. <laughs> As my mother said, she was training all of us to be in God's army, <laughs> and so that influence that influence runs deep. Hmm. Influence runs deep. Did those brothers treat you differently? Did they give you a break growing up? I, I guess I no, they did you. not. They did not give me a break, and my mother was so disappointed that I was not a girly girl, <laughs> and I didn't want to play with dolls. I wanted to play with their toy guns and gun holster sets and trucks and toy soldiers. So everything they did, I wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sure, we all, of course, look back and we see in hindsight how God prepared us for what we do in life. And uh, that's quite a heritage you have. You must be very grateful. I am so grateful, Wayne, about this. And that's one of the reasons... I have a desire to encourage other women to do life God's way because we don't choose our parents, we don't choose the circumstances. And the fact that God allowed me to be in a home where I saw my parents praying on a daily basis, I saw my parents asking God for wisdom, I saw them have the resolve to say, we're going to rear our sons and our daughter God's way. But my mother will say she was very concerned, and she had seen other people raise their sons, and they would be easy on the sons but hard on the girls. And she decided, no, if you can have good boys, good girls, you can have good boys. Hmm. And so I saw them, um, they were strict disciplinarians for all of us. But I also saw how they were able to resist the culture, and not only that, even other people in the church who felt like their standards were too high. Mm. You know, my brothers had curfews. They, we could not listen to secular music. You, as I love to say, they had to act saved if they weren't saved. <laughs> you know, my father just had these standards, and it was very clear that he was ahead of the house, And then I watched my mother respect him as the head of the home, yet she was a strong woman in her own right. And so as a child, I was watching all of this. I was watching the consistency of devotion six mornings a week. He never missed, and it didn't matter how young we were. We were all gathering in their bedroom for a time of prayer, for a time of singing hymns, singing songs, 
and then getting a little mini message, and this is all before we left for school. (laughs) (laughs) And my father had to be at work at 8 o'clock in the morning working 12-hour days. I think you've just robbed us all of excuses. I think that's (laughs) what you've just done. (laughs) No, we, you know, when, and we got to church on time for Sunday school, and my mother and I have talked about this, and said, how did this work? But all of us knew, no one ever asked, no one ever said, are we going to church this Sunday, we never missed church hmm. or Tuesday and Friday night services for the most part. Even if my father, he would, it was common for him when he got off work at eight to run home and then get in the car and come to church. And maybe the only reason he wouldn't be there would be if he had so many customers in the chair and he knew he couldn't make it. But hmm. God has really honored their sacrifice and their commitment, as my mother said, she didn't plan on having eight children. She was not trying to have eight children, but she committed her family to the Lord and believed that it was God's will. And so then it was their responsibility to rear us in a fear and admonition of the Lord. And I have to say that I am so thankful that they were more concerned about putting the Word of God in us than anything else. Boy, that's powerful, Cheryl. Are your mom and dad still on this side? My mother is. She's still going strong in the Lord. My father died two years ago, and he was 90. He lived a full life, and it was just a wonderful testimony for his homegoing And I wrote a blog about him, and I've had others, you know, even Rich Stearns with World Vision emailed me and said he was just so moved by what I shared about my father and his influence and the kind of man he was. I believe he had a sixth-grade education, but his integrity... And, of course, he wasn't a perfect man, but it was very, very clear everyone who was around him, that he loved God and he never compromised his walk with the Lord. Well, we are going to place a link to uh, your website and blog so everyone can benefit from that here. And uh, we'll do that at the end of the program on our own uh, website. Cheryl, did you ever wander uh, from the faith? Did you ever kind of test the water for yourself and make that faith your own faith? No, I never wondered, and I thank God for that. I have always loved God. Of course, I haven't lived a perfect life, but I have never desired to live any other way. As a matter of fact, my relationship with the Lord is the most gratifying aspect of living. And as a matter of fact, I even prayed this morning just to be even more vibrant in my walk with the Lord. I see a walk with the Lord. What helps me? Because women always dream of love. You always want someone. You would hate to wake up one day and the person that you love the most say, you know, I've kind of fallen out of love with you. I admire those relationships where over the years, the love becomes more vibrant. And I was saying to the Lord this morning, that's how I want my relationship to be with you, that the older I get, that it's more vibrant, that I am even stronger in my devotion to you 
stronger in my love for you and that it never grows stale because, after all, it is a relationship. We'll talk more with Cheryl Martin coming up in just a moment. You can read more about her at firstpersoninterview.com. Next time, a musician who became addicted to drugs tells of being rescued by Jesus. God has to rebuild and refocus you on that he's in charge, not us anymore. The, the drug addicted life is, is horrendous. Alcohol, drugs, and today you've got so many other issues. But Jesus has a way of putting those pieces together. When you listen, you'll hear the story of Walter Santos next time here on First Person. My guest on First Person today is Cheryl Martin, a communicator. Uh, she is with Excellent Living, and we'll give that website on our own website at the end of the program here today. Cheryl, you are such an effective communicator. How did that all start for you? Did you Was that the part and parcel of your growing up and that heritage that you have? Yes, it is. My mother observed early on that the Lord had given me a gift, and Probably as early as age five, I began to be involved in programs at the church, maybe introducing the speaker, involved in drama. Then in elementary school, teachers would select me to be on the programs. And what I love about this, Wayne, is my mother and I would pray about this. And we would pray when I was a child for the Lord to open doors. And I remember running home from school and saying, guess what, Mom? The teacher asked me to introduce the speaker, and we always gave glory to God for this. (laughs) It was really, again, early on, realizing that God was intimately involved in opening doors. And when I progressed from elementary school to junior high, I remember running home from school saying, Mother, guess what? The teacher selected me <laughs> to to be on the program. We're like, how did she know that? And again, we gave God the glory. And so here I am, this child, and she's teaching me to trust the Lord, to pray about everything. And what happened is, when I was a junior in high school, I had an interest in broadcasting. And there were two Christian radio stations that I listened to in Houston. And one day, my mother and I were in the kitchen, and I'm not sure how it came up, but I decided to call the FM Christian station, the commercial Christian station, and I called and gave them the person who answered the phone. I said, my name is Cheryl Martin, and I'm interested in majoring in broadcasting in college and wondering if you had any internships or part-time jobs for students who may be interested, and the person on the other end said, no, not unless we think you're gifted. (laughs) And I paused, and he said, are you coming in? I was talking to the general manager. (laughs) Right to the top. (laughs) Right to the top. I went in for an interview. He gave me a chance, and then they showed me how to operate the board. And then after that, I got a a three-and-a-half-hour radio show on Saturdays, where at the top of the hour, I did the news. Now, how old are you at this time? I was, what, 16 years old, maybe 17. What a great opportunity. And he became my first mentor. Mm. 
And again, it was the Lord. I mean, we gave God the credit. I remember, you know, the rip and read and doing the news at the top of the hour and calling my mother, and of course, she was right there listening. (laughs) And it was this gentleman who then encouraged me to apply to Northwestern University, a school I'd never heard of, but he said, Cheryl, you know, they have one of the best programs in speech and journalism. This is where you should apply. And I went home and told my mother about it, and we looked at the school, and at the time, there was a a college night at my high school, and I remember my mother saying, it sounds like a great school. We don't have the money, but we know God. And mm. so we began to pray. So that didn't deter you or her. You know what? I was concerned, and also, Wayne, another thing is I had overheard my parents talking one night, and I overheard my dad say he was not going to allow me to leave Houston to go to college. I'm his only girl, and Northwestern, as you know, is outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I never told my parents that I overheard that conversation, but I started praying Because in my heart, I believed that it was God's will. I believe that it was part of my spiritual development as well to leave Houston. And so I just prayed about it. And we we prayed. That's what I remember us doing. And there were times I was wondering about, wow, this is such a big jump and academically what this school requires, even though I had the grades. And if, and if my mentor, he continued to push, continued to push, Bert Peralt continued to push, and I finally said, Mother, because he keeps asking me on a regular basis, I'm going to go ahead and apply. It was my first choice because there were also some specifics that I was looking for in a school, and when I looked at Northwestern, I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> But because of his gentle prodding, I went ahead and applied, and I was absolutely amazed. I got in an early notification and a financial aid package that it was going to cost more for my parents to pay for me to go to school in Houston, and my father never said, once I was accepted, that I needed to stay there. But the other thing that, Wayne, that God did, I had prayed to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I've heard of people that once they enroll in college, especially a secular university, they fall away from you. And I said, Lord, I don't want that to be my testimony. I not only want to grow intellectually, but I want to continue to grow spiritually. The first night on campus, Wayne, I found a church, I called Someone picked me up, and that was the church that poured into my life my entire time, a wonderful Bible-based church. So my first night on campus, I was in the house of the Lord. What a great start. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you went on to receive not only that degree, but a master's degree, and Northwesterners honored you uh, through the years for your accomplishments in journalism. I'm going to have to hit fast forward here, Cheryl. Sure. Uh, we're, we're skipping so much. I mean, you worked uh, for NBC and ABC in Washington, D.C. You worked as an anchor, reporter, and producer for BET, Black Entertainment Television. 
Um, bring me up to date about your decision to, to leave all that and do what you're doing now and, and your message to the world now. Well, God clearly opened all those doors, and especially when he orchestrated the job with NBC News and I moved here. But my passion has always been, first of all, being obedient to the call of the Lord. And I knew that with, in all those opportunities, God placed me there for a purpose and that my career has never been about me, but how he can bring glory in those situations. And I've always wanted to be sensitive to his leading whenever he would tap me on the shoulder one day and say, okay, Cheryl, there's something else I want you to do. And so I got that tap over 10 years ago when it was just very clear to me that he wanted me to move on and to be more in ministry full-time. I've always, on the side, I've always taught his word when he's given me an opportunity, especially my heart is to share the word of God with women, so I've always done that. But he placed within me a desire to spend more time doing that in my writings and in my speaking, so I walked away when many would say I was at the top of my game, top of my field, hosting my own Sunday news analysis show, lead story, and anchoring, and really, really enjoying that and interviewing top political newsmakers. That couldn't have been easy. You know what? It was easy because my devotion has always been to God and not the career. In other words, God, you've placed me here, but you, as Oswald Chambers says, you engineer all circumstances, so I've always been clear about that. Yeah, you're not defined by your work. No, I'm defined by the person who created me and called me to the work. (laughs) Great answer. (laughs) I should have expected that from you, Cheryl, because uh, it's consistent with who you are. Um, so today, you have a radio program, you write. Tell me about Life Today. Life Today, I founded Excellent Living, a ministry designed to use all the communication tools to encourage this generation to do all of life God's way, because it's the best way. If God has allowed me to have a legacy of a great-grandmother, a grandmother, a mother who modeled godliness then that's what I desire to model for this generation of women. They are being inundated with so many voices in the media. This is how you do it. This is what success is. And I believe that God allowed me to have some success in secular media without compromising his principles to say, this is the way, walk in it. Cheryl Martin, an excellent communicator gifted by God to do what she does with a purpose. If you'd like to know more about Cheryl and her organization called Excellent Living, just visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. We've placed links there to follow. That's firstpersoninterview.com. And in addition to finding out more about today's guest, you can also listen to this or any past interview right there online and check out the schedule of upcoming guests and topics. I hope you'll join us at firstpersoninterview.com. We also post each week's program on iTunes where it can be downloaded as a podcast. And to leave a comment or suggestion, go to facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Next week, the story of a man who grew up in New York City and fell prey to drugs. 
Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.